Welcome to Live Talk, a weekly radio talk style show exclusively produced by Pituitary World News. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Lewis Blevins of Pituitary World News hosting a, a, uh, an unscheduled radio show uh, from Northern California to talk about a topic that's important to many of our listeners out there and certainly important to many, if not most, of my patients. Um, and that is the subject of hair loss uh, in endocrinology. Um, it's common. I get a question or two per week about this particular issue and felt like I would do a podcast so I could uh, refer people to this um, entity at a, at a later date and they can hear the long version of an answer to a question that we usually provide. So we're talking about hair and hormones today. Obviously, the hormonal milieu of the human body is very important for normal health. And uh, it's long been known that hair reflects your overall health. Nails as well. You know, if you're sick, your nail growth is going to change, your hair growth is going to change, and you're also going to have a poor uh, character of both. Uh, over my career, I've seen plenty of people who've had one chronic disease or another who have difficulties with their hair. So it does, it does reflect health in many, many ways. Um, hair is very complex. There's a little hair follicle that uh, organizes and secretes the keratin protein that becomes our hair. Uh, there are hundreds of thousands of hair follicles on our scalp, for example. Uh, the good news is they're all growing at a different rate. Uh, and uh, some are in the resting phase and uh, some are in the replacement phase. So uh, hair, hair can actually become quite long. I've seen women with hair down to the middle of their thighs uh, and uh, before they ultimately have so much scalp pain that they decide to get it cut. Um, so hair can become very long, but we're always losing hair at a rate uh, that's normal for us so that we can grow new hairs in behind it and replenish or refresh our hair. Uh, and all of you have seen this, women who uh, have long hair, they'll shower and they'll, they'll find hair in the drain that they have to remove and throw out. Uh, guys, shorter hair so we don't notice as much but we find hairs here and there on our desk for example i found a hair on my desk earlier today when i was seeing patients now if you brush your hair there's hair in the brush and those are hairs that are that are destined to come out so a new hair can grow in behind it that's the way the hair follicle works it pushes an old hair out gets rid of it sheds it so to speak so that it can form a new hair behind that and this is a normal physiological process where we're all losing hair to grow new hair um, and I don't remember what proportion of hairs are resting uh, and how many hairs a normal person loses per day, but it's a considerable number, probably in the hundreds that uh, you can lose from your scalp every day. There are lots of conditions that can cause hair loss, uh, you know, certainly inflammatory conditions like lupus and, and uh, probably psoriasis and other things that can affect the scalp can cause hair loss. Uh, and it's important, I think, if you have itchiness, redness, scaling of the skin, uh, so-called dandruff or whatever, uh, that, uh, or, and certainly pain, uh, that you see a dermatologist to be evaluated to see 
if you have a skin condition causing your hair loss. Uh, however, in, in endocrinology, most hormonal changes um, can be described by a particular situation that we refer to as telogen effluvium. Telogen is spelled T-E-L-O-G-E-N. It basically refers to, um, a, 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 I don't remember exactly what the term means, but it refers to hair and uh, hair growth and cycle and all of that. And then effluvium would be a generalized loss. That's spelled E-F-F-L-U-V-I-U-M if you want to look it up and learn more. Uh, that I'm going to say today. Uh, this is a condition where the the way I like to think of it, based on my reading, is that the hair follicles have reset their growth rate and their growth pattern, and more hair follicles are coming in line with one another and kicking out the old hairs so new hairs can grow in. And that's a noticeable change in the hair growth pattern to patients, and they're, they're going to notice, oh, I'm losing hair at a rapid rate all of a sudden. And that's because you are indeed, and it's uh, the hair follicles shedding old hair so they can shed new ones. And there are certain hormone changes that can do that and cause the hair follicles to become in sync, if you will, where you have a lot of them shedding at one time. Now, the good news is you're not going bald. Uh, you're simply kicking out old hair so new hairs can grow in. It can be very alarming to suddenly see gobs of hair in the drain after a shower and washing your hair. Uh, but it's not uh, something that's going to be permanent. Again, you're growing in new hairs. That's often frustrating. Women come to me and say, oh, since this happened, now I have this population of hairs that are an inch or an inch and a half. The rest of my hair is, uh, you know, down below my shoulders. And it's very frustrating for myself, for the hairdresser to try to deal with my hair because all these short hairs are poking up and not behaving and not able to be brushed. And this is just going to take time. Uh, the hair growth rate is pretty, pretty slow. I think it was a millimeter per week when I last looked it up. Maybe off on that. It's probably different for everybody. But, uh, you know, it takes a lot of weeks to get hair that's shoulder length. It's going to take a lot of weeks for the hair that's growing in behind the hairs that have been shed to get to a manageable uh, uh, position, especially for women. Men don't seem to notice it or mind it so much, but uh, it's more of a problem for women who have long hair. Guys with short hair who get their hair cut regularly probably aren't going to notice it very often. I think it's important to remember that this is a normal physiological process, and it can be prompted by hormonal changes. For example, when a woman becomes pregnant, uh, the estrogen doses, that, the estrogen levels that are very high relative to the normal menstrual cycle cause that resetting of the hair growth rates. So you kick out old hairs, and it's probably every patient I've ever had who's been pregnant uh, has noticed that they lose hair at the end of pregnancy and after delivery of their child. Um, we can see this in patients who have an overactive thyroid, and then they get treated, and the thyroid levels come down to normal. That will cause telogen effluvium. The same thing happens in patients who are hypothyroid and start thyroid hormone replacement. So it's really a change in the hormone level there, either a high to normal or low to normal or a transition from high to low or low to high. Any of those can change that with regards to thyroid hormone. Same thing starting steroids. If you have adrenal insufficiency and, and start steroids, that's going to cause the resetting and the hair loss. Uh, being on high-dose steroids for an inflammatory condition and coming off of them will do the same thing. Starting birth control pills, stopping birth control pills, starting growth hormone, 
uh, stopping growth hormone, all of these changes can result in the telogen effluvium and the sense that you're losing your hair. But rest assured that this is a situation uh, with most endocrine disorders where your hair is simply resetting its growth, normal physiological process that seems accelerated, and things will ultimately get back to normal. The hormone changes that can result in permanent uh, hair loss are uh, seen in people with male uh, pattern uh, balding. So whether it be men or women with this condition, because some women inherit the, the, uh, the genes to have the male pattern hair loss. Uh, so that if you're um, a man and your testosterone levels are low and you start on testosterone to bring them to normal, or if you're a man who gets their own testosterone levels go too high, you're going to lose hair. It's probably going to be a permanent loss if you have the genetic constitution to have what we call male pattern balding. Uh, the same is true of women. So many hypopituitary women are no longer making testosterone from their ovaries or their adrenal glands. And uh, if you take out a tumor or treat a high prolactin, for example, uh, and, and fix the hypogonadism, uh, and restore adrenal and, uh, and ovary function to normal, suddenly now you, ha you had low testosterone levels for a while, now you have higher testosterone levels, so you can have either a telogen effluvium from that, or you can actually have male pattern hair loss that's not going to recover. Uh, so it's, it's often worth talking with your endocrinologist about these different issues and what hormone change might have resulted in it, and if it's anything to do with other hormones rather than testosterone, it's probably something that's just a temporary shedding that's going to reset itself and return to normal at some point uh, in, the, in the future. Generally speaking, we'll usually talk to patients who complain about this and find out whether they have signs of scalp inflammation or irritation. Those patients we refer to dermatologists. Otherwise, we simply offer reassurance that things will return to normal uh, in a few months, and then it's going to take a while for the hair to get back to the growth that's going to be manageable, either through self-care or seeing a hairdresser. So that's all good news. Usually, I'd say 95% of it is telogen effluvium, maybe 1% is some uh, dermatologic condition, and the others are patients who have male pattern hair loss that's aggravated by usually rising testosterone levels. So I hope that clears up this issue about uh, hair loss in patients with endocrine disorders, or certainly pituitary disorders, but I mentioned some of the other hormones as well, where those changes can cause hair loss too. Um, that's about it for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, next week, we'll have Dr. Sandeep Kunwar, uh, who's the uh, head of the neurosurgical pituitary program at UCSF. And uh, we'll talk to him about his philosophies, his judgment, how he honed his skills, uh, some advice for patients who have pituitary disease and are looking for a good surgeon or uh, planning to undergo surgery. And uh, probably we'll talk about a whole host of uh, topics that and I think it's going to be greatly informative. And I urge you to join in. We will leave time next week for questions that uh, some of you might have for him. Uh, it should be a great discussion and an opportunity for those of you who have an interest to talk to the, the gentleman that I think is the 
best pituitary surgeon in the country, if not uh, on our planet that we call Earth. So at any rate, thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Uh, call in, ask your questions, uh, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun uh, learning from uh, truly uh, the premier surgeon uh, in the country. Uh, have a great uh, week. Thank you for joining us. You have been listening to Live Talk, an exclusive production from Pituitary World News. Pituitary World News is a nonprofit organization supported by a variety of organizations, foundations, and from people like you. We encourage you to participate by joining us to spread the word about pituitary disease. And if you'd like to donate, please go to pituitaryworldnews.org and click on the Donate button. Thank you, and thank you for listening.